Hey, come on in, come on in, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Can Party. Let me show you around. This is an entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives, and those aspiring to be so. The aim is to introduce you to inspiring, like-minded people who are doing what they love every single day and having so much fun in the process. You see, business can and should be fun. I'm your host, Scott Stockdale, and it's my job to tease out their habits, routines, successes, failures, favorite resources, books, etc., etc. All that good stuff. Alrighty, make yourself at home, grab yourself a drink, and let's get this party started. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 140 of Entrepreneurs Can Party. I'm your host, Scott. And on today's show, I want to share why I don't like webinars. So yes, the title, 90% of webinars feel icky to me. This is inspired by, uh, or it's taken from an article that I recently published on Medium. And it is talking about why I think webinars aren't the way to go if you're wanting to sell an online course. And of course, I'm going to be giving you some alternatives because no point just laying out a problem. I'm all about solutions. So I want to give you some very practical steps you can be doing if you are thinking about creating your first online course and some options that are available to you if you don't like webinars, you don't like the thought of pitching for 60 minutes on a webinar to people all around the world and actually you'd rather this was a more passive process. So to give you a bit more context on this then, I get it. Webinars are the shit right now, and there are so many entrepreneurs who are using them very successfully. I say successfully here in the sense that they are making lots of money, but not necessarily delivering lots of value, and that's my main sticking point. So some of the good things, and I can't deny the good things about webinars, they let hosts connect with fans all around the world, and they typically have a higher conversion rate than most sales funnel. Because FOMO is real. People don't want to miss out on limited access opportunities that lots of people uh, give in these webinars. And just by the way, if you're not sure what webinars are, they're essentially what I call quote-unquote training sessions. And I say quote-unquote because a lot of the time they are just pitches for paid products. But they're meant to be Uh, They're meant to be training sessions for people about anything. So it might be, uh, yeah, podcasting or writing or, yeah, whatever someone is teaching about. So they'll put on uh, like a a screen share or some sort of presentation that people are watching online. And then they talk about the thing that they're teaching supposedly for about 40, 50 minutes. And of course, webinar links can vary. And then usually what's meant to happen, quote unquote, meant to happen is the last 10 minutes are usually a pitch for a product or service. And that's how it works. Now, I say this is the meant to be the process. Of course, there's lots of gray areas. And and I should stress as well, there are lots of entrepreneurs who deliver genuine value through webinars. So it's not all bad news. But my gripe is this. 90% of the ones I attend or have attended teach fuck all. They really do. And one I went to a few months ago before the new year is a prime example. So I'll say a few months ago. Uh, so a fair while ago now. But yeah, I went to one towards the end of last year, notepad in hand, along with hundreds of others. And yeah, to me, it quickly became clear the free webinar, quote unquote free webinar, was a pitch for their paid membership. I ducked out after 20 minutes and it's only because the host emailed a replay of the webinar that was able to pick it apart. So they dragged out their story for 30 minutes, 
rumbled on for 10 and pitched in the remaining 20. To me, this just feels really icky and it's one of the many reasons I don't like webinars. And the worst thing is, I actually really liked this entrepreneur prior to the webinar. You know, I followed them for years and I do enjoy their work, but I'd be lying if I said their webinar hadn't put me off. So here is the good news, and this is where I think a solution can come about. It doesn't have to be like this. Personally, I've been able to make uh, four figures from online courses since November without using webinars, as I'm sure many of you know, and one of the solutions is Udemy. So granted, Udemy as a platform is not perfect. My courses sell for a fraction of the price compared to if I self-hosted them, and it's also a drop in the ocean compared to what other creators are making. However, I don't have to feel guilty about wasting people's time because I don't have to market the courses. Udemy takes care of all of this and they promote my courses, leverage their audience and deliver passive income every single month. So with this being said, if webinars make you feel uncomfortable too, here are some potential ways to make money from online courses without feeling icky. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out some questions for you to think about prior to jumping into creating an online course, because I think the most important step of the entire process is actually coming up with a good topic idea and actually knowing where to host it. So I've already mentioned Udemy, which is one of the largest online marketplaces for online courses, but you can self-host it. And when I say self-host, there are platforms like Teachable and Thinkific, which allow you to upload your courses to them, direct your own traffic towards those courses and make more money per sale from each of those courses. Now, this does mean you have to actually drive the traffic there, which could be an issue if you don't have that big following. And that's one of the reasons I turn to Udemy. You can leverage their existing audience of hundreds of thousands of users and their search engine means that you do have a good chance at your course being seen by lots and lots of people, hence it will get sales. So here is my, or here are some questions to consider when you are looking to create your first online course. Question number one, what do you have credibility in? So what area, what topic do you feel comfortable talking about with friends, family, and feel like you know that topic like the back of your hand? For me personally, launching a podcast is something I've done uh, not just for myself, but also helping clients now. And I feel very comfortable talking about how to launch a podcast. It's something I've done for a number of years. Similar story when it comes to writing on Medium. I've been on that platform now since late September 2020. And I've been on writing on that platform every single day for an hour, basically, give or take. So that means I feel very comfortable talking to people about how to write on Medium. And I've seen what has worked for me, what has worked for other writers, and what hasn't worked as well. So those are two topics. SEO, of course, is another one for me personally, just because that's my day job. But for you, it might be different. You might have an interest in, say, cocktails or food, or clearly it's getting close to my tea time, or some other thing that you feel, you know, you'd feel like you could teach about because you have experience. Uh, one of my friends who I'm actually partnering on a Udemy course with, her thing is relationships. She's been writing about relationships on Medium and other platforms for a number of years, and we are co-creating a course on Udemy all about relationships. So it doesn't have to be just about business or entrepreneurship. It could be something as universal as love and romance. So have a think about what 
your area of specialty is, what area do you have credibility in? And I say credibility because you might feel that you could teach about something, you know, you might know something very well, but actually do you have skin in the game? Have you done what you uh, you say you can teach about? So in my case, if I hadn't actually launched a successful podcast, would I feel comfortable talking about how to launch a successful podcast? Probably not. Similar story for writing on Medium. Had I not achieved, well, thousands and thousands of views at this point and made quite a bit of money from Medium, would I feel comfortable talking about it? Again, probably not. So that is thinking about what credibility you have in your particular area. Question two, is there a demand for the course that you're looking to create? And again, this is a really important question because you don't want to spend hours and hours creating something that ultimately no one ends up seeing or buying. That would be a real kick in the teeth and it would suck. So clearly you want to think about, is there a demand for your course? Now, granted, this is quite hard to determine, right? Like how on earth do you know whether something's gonna be successful? Particularly if it's something that you think is brand new and hasn't been taught before. Clearly it can be quite difficult. However, don't despair because there are some really useful tools that you can use for free when it comes to determining demand for a course. First place I'd recommend you checking out is a tool called uh, Google Keyword Planner. I use it every single day in my day job. And essentially it is a free tool that Google gives you access to that lets you determine how many people are searching for a particular phrase in Google every single month. So for example, if I wanted to determine whether there was demand for a course about writing, I might search in Google Keyword Planner writing or how to be a writer or how to be a better writer or how to learn about writing. All sorts of questions I might want to think about. So yeah, I'll type them into Google Keyword Planner, have a look at the results and see, okay, are there a lot of people searching for this in my particular country every single month? How many is enough? How long is a piece of string? It's hard to say, but typically you want to see a result at least in the thousands, I would suggest. Anything less than that, potentially there's not enough people searching for it. And of course, it doesn't just have to be that particular keyword phrase. If you take lots of phrases collectively and put them together, that can give you a sense of how big the target market might be. Another great resource is Udemy search. So actually just look on Udemy if you do decide to host your course on this platform, search in the Udemy search for your particular course and have a look at existing courses on this topic. So for example, I'll give you a yeah, really practical example. When I was looking to create a course about writing on Medium, I searched Medium writing in, in Udemy and it came up with a bunch of results as you'd expect, but only three of them were about existing Medium courses. I had a look at them, see how I could improve them. And the main things that stood out for me were they were really old. So I think the earliest one was from 2017, I think, which in medium terms is yeah, really old ancient because the platform has changed so much since then. And also they didn't have the greatest reviews for them. So the average rating of the one that was featuring number one was 4.1 out of five. And I figured I could probably do better than that. And also the content was just a bit fluffy. So taking all those factors into account, I was like, okay, I could rank number one for this course on Udemy for medium writing, which my course currently is. And I thought as well, it would be a nice earner because a lot of people are looking to make money from their writing. 
So I confirmed this using Google Keyword Planner. So bringing all these tools together now, and I saw, okay, people are searching for how to be a better writer and writing courses online. So I was like, okay, there's clearly a demand. So I thought, you know what, let's do it. And it has been one of my most successful online courses to date. Question number three, which platform do you want to use? And this is the third and final question I would suggest for now. So when you're thinking about researching for an online course, yeah, which platform do you want to use? So I've already mentioned Udemy and I would recommend it for a number of reasons, particularly if you're starting out. I think the biggest one is you don't have to worry about driving people to buy your course. You can just leverage Udemy's existing audience, which is fantastic. Downsides, you're quite limited in certain areas. So for example, you have no control whatsoever over the reviews. So if someone leaves you a negative review, you can't really dispute it. And that is a slight pain in the ass. The other thing is uh, if people want refunds, you just have to give them. Udemy takes them out of your earnings and you don't really have any say over that either. So again, you're quite limited in certain areas of control. And I think the third thing which puts quite a few people off is typically you'll make about three to four dollars per sale, if that sometimes, which is clearly quite small. But you have to bear in mind there is a huge audience and you're likely to sell more courses through a platform like Udemy, say if you hosted it yourself without a big existing audience. So it's a trade-off to have really. You've got to think about, have I got a big enough audience, existing audience through social media or a newsletter, something like that. If you do, then you might want to think about self-hosting your course on a platform like Thinkific or Teachable. But if you don't, then you may want to consider Udemy as an option as well. Personally, I've found Udemy to be really cool, very passive. At this point, I've got money coming in every single month, as you'll know from the income report. And of course, uh, my journey of using Udemy was largely inspired by Louise Croft, who has been on this very podcast. I will dig out the episode and put it in the show notes. I believe it was 40 something. And she makes comfortably over five figures a month just through Udemy courses. Admittedly, she has a lot of Udemy courses at this point, so over 40, and she's partnered with many instructors on creating these Udemy courses, but it's possible. And she, yeah, spent a number of years putting these courses together. I think she churns out around one a month uh, for about three or four years, and she now has reaped the benefits from that and continues to earn passive income from those courses. So just to reiterate, I've said this on previous podcasts, passive income, very deceptive in its name because clearly you don't get money for free for anything these days. So you do have to put in work, but the passive side comes particularly new to me because once you've created a course and once it's high in the rankings, which is really important, then money will come in, will probably come in every single month. Of course, you can't guarantee it. And there are fluctuations throughout the year, but all that's to say, you can make money in your sleep through Udemy. So there you have it, guys. Those are three questions I think you should consider when looking to create an online course. I personally don't want to ever have to create a webinar or use webinars because they just feel really icky to me. Like I say, I do know some entrepreneurs who use them really well. Pat Flynn is an example. He's one, well, I'm struggling to think of any other examples at this point. He is certainly one example and actually he delivers genuine value through his webinars. But yeah, a lot of them, I'd say 9% of them at least are pretty 
shit. So if you can avoid webinars, personally, that's the route I would go down. And you might want to consider a platform like Udemy to deliver an online course. I hope you have found this episode useful. If you want to reach out to me, you know, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Entrepreneurs Can Party. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Scott Stockdale. And if you have any further input or you want to get in touch with me, maybe through email, then you can find me, scott at entrepreneurscomparty.com. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And with that being said, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and I'll speak again very, very soon. Do take care. Hey, hey, so outsourcing to a virtual assistant for less than $5 an hour has been a game changer for me. My VA living in Vietnam is, for one, a lovely human being, and two, she saves me so much time every single week since we started working together in May 2020. She produces these episodes, she edits audio, she sends emails to guests, she creates social media posts, she writes show notes, completes ad hoc tasks, and we spend less than one hour a week communicating over Zoom and email. Pretty dreamy, am I right? Well, I now share all these systems, insights, and mistakes I've made in my very first Udemy course, so you too can outsource to a virtual assistant and save over 10 plus hours a week. Since launching in November 2020, over 80 students have enrolled and the course has received over 20 five-star ratings. To find out more, check out the link in my show notes where you can get an exclusive discount or visit udemy.com forward slash course forward slash outsource hyphen two hyphen a hyphen virtual hyphen assistant. That's not easy to say. Let me just repeat that. That's udemy.com forward slash course forward slash outsource hyphen two hyphen a hyphen virtual hyphen assistant for more details.